This is Roy Orbison Jr.'s Rock and Roll Circus Podcast. You're listening to the Wayne Moss Interview Part 3. Harold Bradley said uh, said when uh, when Roy hit the end of Running Scared, he's and he, in all the pictures, he's sitting in those, uh, those RCACs. And he, sta- he said he stood up. Roy hit that. He w- walked around and walked away with me. He said he just stood up. And he said, I'm glad that wasn't in the middle of the song because he lost it. <laughs> um, and I remember seeing shows where Roy would be doing live and the piano player would be playing. And then he'd look back there and he was crying <laughs> in the middle of Roy's shows and stuff. <laughs> that The band would choke up. And uh, it was hard to make it through a whole live song, a live concert of Roy's without crying at, at some, po- some point. It just... So well, he would but, hit those high notes and never even, you know, yeah, made it, his brow didn't wrinkle or anything. No, you know, the tone was, like, was so solid too, and the, uh, such round notes and great pitch and great vibrato and uh, connecting to the lyrics. There's so much mental going on there. Uh, and then he went through the um, through the MGM period, and not everyone made it through that jump with him over to MGM, and but they started doing. Some of that was at RCA Studio, what they call A, which yeah. didn't exist until like the 60s. And some of them was, uh, some, of, uh, some of those songs were produced like Fastest Guitar Live by Jim Malloy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and did, you play, nice man. He just, did you play on many of those, those uh, MGM albums? They um, were, they, they, I and, probably did, but it's, it's really hard to remember that back that far. Oh yeah. Jim Malloy is a really nice man though. Um, to tell you one story. I, I played a uh, solo on William Jennings' Only Daddy to Walk the Line. <clears throat> and Jerry Reed and I had to flip a coin to see who was going to play on it. And, uh, and I lost, so I had to play it. We wanted the other one to play it. Wait, you lost, so you had to play it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm a big Reed fan. He was a fan of mine. Okay. But anyway, Chet came out of the control room and I said, Is that what you had in mind? He said, Nah, that's good enough. Let's go to the next song. Which um, didn't crush me either. But Jim Malloy said, you, you know what Chad said before he left the control room? I said, no, what? He said, he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> so you went from average to pretty good. Yeah, right? went from 10 average. years later. You got your plumber right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how would we get these guitars down? I want to see something. We get a really tall person to yeah, reach up there. Did you play? That. So you, you, you played one, one of these on an Orbison song, or were you over on the Jazz Masters exclusively? Yeah. Um, did you ever go Gibson? No, I never had. Uh, you I, never went heavy for Gibson. Okay, I'm going to need it. Like I said, really I need a step ladder. I, I can get them, but I, I don't want to Gibson. Um, Gibson flat those, top. Those cases now. I don't even want to scratch. They, even though they're dirty, you, you, you don't even scratch or mess with a case. You can sell <laughs> one of those cases for a small fortune, just the case. And that caramel, that one on the right, that just that's what I call that caramel thing. That was before. My the, pretty woman guitar is at the uh, musicians all the time now. Okay, and uh, when they um, when I gave it to him for an undisclosed sum of money, uh, I said, "Can I swap cases with you?" And I I, went, I came came out with the uh, tweed case. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you took him an old uh, kind of a newer case and kept your case, right? Oh, oh, that's amazing. Well, <laughs> we may need that for the Orbison Museum. <laughs> We're opening our own museum. Uh, I think April twenty third next year so oh, I, 
I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm inviting you here and now. Well, good. I hope you can I, yeah, make I'll it. be glad to come. Yeah, and um, and if you have anything else, we would love to buy it or steal it or whatever you got. Uh, let's talk about your studio here, Cinderella. How long have you been here in this uh, studio? We opened the doors in 1961, and uh, it's the oldest. That is really early. Oldest working studio in Nashville. Where did you get the idea to have your own studio? Well, I I had been. Uh, doing sound on sound in West Virginia mm -hmm. with two, um, I had a Revere and a Roberts, no, a Revere and RCA tape recorder. Mm -hmm. And I would um, practice doing Les Paul stuff mm -hmm. and on one of them. And, and then I would transfer that to the other one and add to it. And then I took that, come back over here. So I went back and forth and I was in speech class in high school and they said, teacher said, explain your hobby to to the class. Well, my hobby was doing that. So I brought in a, <laughs> brought in a, a sound system and stuff, and they said, that's not you, that's Les Paul. Yeah, he did that kind of play, you know. Uh, that's a, that's That style is made a big comeback with his kid, Ed Sheeran, who uses a looper. Yeah. He does a looper, and he does a whole show by himself with a looper and, and pre-recorded tracks. Um, so that's still popular. Yeah, but right you would before be a, there was loopers. Yeah, was there, this is a, that. Yes. And uh, Chad Atkins asked me to do some things for Reader's Digest, and he said, pick some songs. I said, I want to do the Les Paul things. He said, okay, show up Thursday. I said, no, I'm going to do them at my own studio. He said, how many tracks do you have out there? I said, four, which was what I had at the time. He said, well, you know, um, Les used eight. Hmm. And you have to leave one track open for strings. I said, trust me. And so I got a note from Chet saying, thanks, Wayne, they're fine. Wow. But that's on my Guitar Heroes as well. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. the world's waiting for the sunrise and all those. Well, I have my studio in my house now, and there's lots of studios mm -hmm. in, in houses in Nashville. More, more in Nashville probably than anywhere in the world, but, but not 61. <laughs> um, that's really early. Yeah, we had a two-track machine at that point. And uh, Farron Young wanted to do a radio show from here. Mm -hmm. So he was one of my first clients, and he, he brought in everybody on the ground Grand Operator to do their latest song as a guest, mm -hmm. Earl Kill or Gordon, whoever. Mm -hmm. And Farron um, had a tendency to come out with a four-letter word every now and then when things didn't go well. And I have a, a reel of outtakes, <laughs> a Farron four-letter. <laughs> And uh, I've been offered a lot of money for those. Mm -hmm. Did Johnny Cash ever walk in here? Not that I recall. Did that come from RCA Studio? Yes, it did. And how did you steal that or get I it? I got it from Bill Vandervoort. He's a very precious man, and he helped me kind of put this place together. He and Neil Wilburn. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, I said, man, that echo you guys have at RCA sounds so good. Is that an EMT or room? And he said, it's a room. I said, can I see that? I would love to know how it's made. And he said, well, there's no two parallel walls. So anywhere that sound goes, it bounces off in random direction. Keeps going. I said, well, if you had it to do over again, what would you do? And he said, I'd make it a third larger. So out in my backyard now, there's two that are a third larger than the ones at RCA. And they would ring for six seconds if you did that. That's way too long, but... Um, you know, you could put a chair in there or something to calm it down, but. Wow. 
wow, well, I like that. And I just thought maybe it came from when they closed the first time and they kind of closed it up. Was that a sad day when RCA kind of closed up and it was gone for a yeah, while? Yeah, it, it was in, in a way. I cut a lot of hits in, in there. Mm -hmm. It's back in a big way now, too. Every yeah, time they is. do something, they phone you up to go down there and talk now. <laughs> and we'll be doing that, too. We, we need to do more projects down there. I hope to work with you here on some little things. We have a yeah. I'm looking forward to that. My wife Osa has a, yeah. a project, and we've all been discussing it. And as we take five after with this, lyrics, yeah, I want to come back and uh, discuss. And so, stay tuned. You might be hearing from us a little bit, and we'd be honored to do it here and honored to have That'd you. That'd be great. Do it I'd at, love that. At anything you want to. So we've got more in the future, and uh, I would just love to go through all of Dad's songs. But uh, you know, it's over. So it's over was between. The other ones that you played on crying mm -hmm. and so you played on it's over too i think so <laughs> yeah uh and what was your where did you think roy was getting these songs i mean like i didn't have any idea a lot of times uh back before earphones and and uh, monitor mixes and stuff like that we just kind of uh, we you know the singer would be behind a baffle over here somewhere mm -hmm. and it was hard to hear the lyrics mm -hmm. we just tried to stay together from mm -hmm. the bass drums mm -hmm. and guitar mm -hmm. Piano. But when you'd get there, how did, did uh, someone, the band leader, sometimes Bob Moore or Harold Bradley, would write out the charts and then you guys would would do them right there. I mean, you had never heard the song and that one, even that one's really got a lot of dynamics mm -hmm. to it. Um, well, the I number system that Charlie McCoy came up with mm -hmm. made it a lot easier. And is uh, he Does he get credit for that Nashville number system? Yes. <laughs> All right, thank you, Charlie. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he's a very talented man. He's well. Who gets the credit for the Nashville strung guitar, which is uh, the three high string? Yeah, it's it's uh, the three. Uh, what is the? It's kind of like a half twelve string or something. Or uh, it simulates a twelve string because it's high strung. Yeah, the two top strings, the two high strings, are the same as the regular guitar. Everything from there down is an octave higher. And and why do they call that in other places? They call it Nashville tuning. Is it well? It's someone read and showed me how, how to come up with it, and so I got. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of these kind of things because it doesn't get much further back. So uh, he showed you that. Oh wow! Did you meet Hank Garland? Yeah, yeah. I worked one session with him. Mm -hmm. And and why is he so special? I mean, he had a good touch, and he's got well, he's a, a, he's a, he's a legend. Jazz guitarist. Yeah, and, he's um, great. And Harold Bradley's a good jazz guitar player too, but mm -hmm. the rest of us are just kind of hillbillies and mm -hmm. um, play funky stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And where did you get uh, where did you get that? And uh, when I started learning guitar, there was very few places to find it. You get a Mel Bay book, you had to read music, and it was nothing you'd want to play. And and it was uh, a long struggle and as time went on they got guitar magazines and they learned transcription mm -hmm. and the tricks came out and it's still a little bit of a trick even though the the computers make it very easy and accessible um you know the beatles famously tell a story of taking a bus all the way around across town just to get the b7 chord yeah and uh and my dad you know he was the only guitarist his uncle played guitar but the only guitarist you know that he knew um so in virginia there's a lot of music, there's a lot of fiddle music, but uh, when you were starting, uh, did you just you just hit one note at a time, or did someone show you a chord? Or Nobody showed me anything. I, I, I bought a bunch of 78 records and stuff, listened to Lester and Earl, mm -hmm. learned how to go do-do-do-do-do. Mm -hmm. I worked with a banjo player, 
uh, when I had my first guitar, mm -hmm. and I got tired of that, and and I had heard a Earl Travis record and Chad Atkins record, and started mm -hmm. doing finger picking, mm -hmm. and that kind of. Mm -hmm. So it was mostly by word of mouth, or sometimes seeing someone one time. There was no TV, so you had to see yeah, someone. Nowadays, there's uh, tutorials and stuff on. It's great, yeah, I, and you can see. I'm into all that myself. Even today, <laughs> I, I go home and I just love. That it. wasn't available when no. I was growing up. So no, me either. That's why I'm a I'm a kid in a candy store nowadays, uh, learning things. Uh, so I, you know, I like to ask all these questions of. Uh, uh, so you learn by ears. Um, yeah. Did you learn? Do you know like a? I, and I did get a Mel Bay book and mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. look at a few things. Well, that don't make any <laughs> sense, and I'd figure out things that did. Yeah. And, and keep them. Can you hear? Uh, uh, I can. I can hear an E or a D or B flat. Can you? Can you tell what notes are when we hit them? Mm, no. Charlie's got perfect pitch, and, and Bill um, Purcell. A few people in Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, Owen Bradley, but mm -hmm. um, I don't have perfect pitch, but I can. I can mm -hmm. pretty much mm -hmm. tell uh, what chord something's in because I know what it sounds like on a guitar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's amazing that magic when you just kind of start playing and. You, you don't exactly know what you're doing, but you're, you know, I do that when I'm watching TV, there'll be a commercial on that I've never heard and it'll play a little jingle and I go to hit it and I hit it perfect. And I even, I go, oh, so did you hear that? Did yeah. you hear that? I, I may, you know, I'm, I'm like that. I don't know where that comes from. You know, just like even having a relative, you know, and you're just sliding and you, you know, it's amazing how quick, almost in real time I'm hearing it. And I can simple little things. I can hit three or four notes and it's right there. I'm, did you hear that? That was good. So I, that just comes from from doing it a lot. I, I don't know that where I even got that myself, but uh. I did a, a commercial for Seven Up once at RCAA, and Doc Seven's room was on the session, and the name of the th thing was Wet and Wild, mm -hmm. and I came up with a lick, and um, and I left RCA and went to Columbia to a a, a, a session with Charlie McCoy. Simon and Garfunkel, and I said, "Hey, Charlie, listen to this lick I got," and and it was um, ended up being the intro to um, a Simon and Garfunkel song. And I said, "You got to be careful who you play licks for." Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it yes, was Mr. Robinson. Oh, <laughs> the intro to that. So. Yeah, see, we would have gone through this whole interview without uh, getting to the bottom of the Mrs. Robinson lick. <laughs> uh, that is great. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, did you work with Elvis? Did you meet Elvis? I, I turned down an Elvis session once. Uh, Why? Well, it, <laughs> in hindsight, it would look good on my resume, but I had been working nearly all all RCA sessions, and uh, I just decided to hang it up and come out and work on my studio in Barefoot Jerry and Area Code 615. Mm -hmm. So I, I got a call one day, a conference call, with Porter Wagner, Dolly Parton, and Felton Jarvis saying, what do you mean you're not doing sessions anymore? And I, this is Elvis. And I said, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do my own thing, and uh, y'all go ahead. Did so, you work with Dolly on some things? Anything? Lord, yes. I, yeah, I did um, nearly all of her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Claps all, all around. I always love you. Code of many colors. Um, uh, a bunch of them. Oh yeah, well those two are good. Those are that's that's that got a smile out of me. Oh, I just I almost don't want to end this because I'm just afraid of something like that slipping by. Oh, so isn't that incredible, Luke? Isn't that incredible? <laughs> like this, there's some gold magic here. Um, 
I still do want to get those guitars down. I can use the seat to do it. I just want to look at guitars. You don't get them. Yeah, you don't get these out very much, I imagine. No, but, uh, I, but that hasn't been out in a long time. Is it okay to do that sure. then? I mean, if sure. it's okay with you, I Honey. don't want to intrude. Hey, come on in I here. I was waiting for you mm -hmm. to get a. You have this seven foot piano in here. While we're doing this, I don't know how usable this is, but, but uh, Luke, take a look. That piano behind us is a seven-footer. It has a tone. Who, who played? Tell us about that piano, okay. please. The uh, piano, uh, Ray Charles worked Hee Hall. And, um, <clears throat> That's a famous one. And they brought him up. He said, what kind of piano do you want? And he said, I don't care, Baldwin, Chickering, uh, you know, whatever. And they brought him a 5-2 Yamaha. And he hit a note down on the bottom. He said, it ain't, it ain't big enough. The one on your left is the one you want. Is it? I like this case. I was going for that caramel case. <laughs> but um, that's the 1954. I oh, mercy, that's... mercy, mercy. I may be wrong about that. Well, I'm Maybe just... it is the other one. That oh. thing looks kind of moldy. Oh, I love it. It's a beautiful mold. <laughs> Even the case is amazing. Even if it's empty, this is just amazing. Yeah, it has a BNA. What is? It? Oh, STP. No, it's been. I believe it. I believe that's one we want. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, what is this case? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to open and find out. Are you sure? It's got a rope tied around it that looks yeah. like you, it's not meant to be open very much. It's empty, but still, I mean, uh, this case. <laughs> this case. What would it have been? Don't you remember the STP sign? Mm, I don't know. I, got, I had a jazz master in it. <laughs> at one point. Oh, it does have the BNA. It's been to anyway. I digress. Uh, they brought him a five-two Yamaha. He said it's not big enough. Get me a bigger one. So the piano movers got a little frustrated with him. They brought him a seven-four Yamaha, and on the way out, they scratched it on the side, and so they knocked a thousand dollars off the price of it. And I said, "Man, you ought to add a thousand to it because Ray Charles played it." <laughs> but anyway, um, when they brought this one into him, he said, yeah, this will be fine. Well, it is fine. It's, it's a magic piano. And uh, how, when did you get that piano then? Was it 78 or so? Um, I, don't, I don't recall, yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's been here a while. Yeah. All right, let's be careful here. All right, now this <laughs> is a 1954. <laughs> <laughs> Was this uh, one of the first guitars you got? This Sunburst is one I did mm -hmm. with a spray can. <laughs> you did that? I did that. <laughs> and um, but these pickups would hum, especially if you got them, mm -hmm. they weren't wide they open. They still do. That's a, that, people pay extra money for that hum. Now, those, are the, those are the 54 custom uh, Fender um, pickups. I'm going to put some, I got a little mini guitar for both of my sons. And I'm going to exchange the pickups for those. Yeah, let me just check this, the feel here. It's rosewood, and I always like maple. I started playing a telly at first. It's still relatively in tune. What is this? Uh, the That's coil something that changes the phase. The phase these, and the coil. And gives it a different sound. Does it just do the middle pickup? Um, or does all of them? I'm not of? sure. <laughs> okay. Um, that sound, that out of phase sound on the middle pickup is... Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, John yeah. Frusciante, he has an out-of-phase sound, and he plays these kind of Jimi Hendrix-type chords and has this hollow middle. That's what that out-of-phase kind of gives it a... It's kind of missing the middle note, so it makes it a big hollow sound. And I think in 54, this only had three 
Mm-hmm. Um, they did, yeah. And now there's five that they, mm-hmm. you know, where you combine. Well, ones. as I'm feeling it, it's still only got the three. Are you, so you, you did, did you ever put it in between and play with that kind of stuff? Like occasionally, yeah. Um, you know, Roy Buchanan came up with a lot of weird things. He basically just had one guitar, and he did it. You know, all these weird. He got a lot of sounds out of it. Did you ever meet Roy Buchanan? No. I really like I him. Met I, Albert Lee and some other folks. This this came with a, with a maple neck. To begin with, yeah, and yeah. I wore it completely out. That's uh, yeah. Well, you know, I can the feel the frets on this. That, yeah, in that Guitar Heroes album. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. So I I told them I wanted a new neck, and instead of sending me a Strat neck, they sent me a Tele neck. Oh. Turns out, it same works the same. Wow, but that really has a lot beautiful. of miles on it. I, I played that in every state in the Union except Maine. How many times have you refretted it? Never, never refretted it. Wow. I didn't know still... you could do that. <laughs> and back, back in the 50s, I just said, this next war out, I got to get another one. So I... I'm just feeling uh, underneath there the frets to see where you played it the most or where you like. The other, where... the other neck, you, you really tell. Mm-hmm. And where do you like to play? Uh, some people stay in the in the, the the low, the mid range, and some people are just in the high area. Are you playing everywhere, or do you... uh, all the good looks in the, are in the bottom? You, so. you you like it down there too? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then um, I've been going through a little jazz phase, so I play a lot right around there, mm-hmm. you know, on this. And uh, and C is pretty nice, and and then up in here nowadays, there's a lot of people that play these three notes per finger thing. And two notes per, per finger thing. Um, what else would I have asked you about it? Um, I enjoyed playing that. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Behind Chris Isaac, uh, the mm-hmm. night you got the iconic mm-hmm. Lick Award, mm-hmm. you're going to have that in the museum, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Make I. Make me a copy of it and I'll put it in here. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the actual. Uh, the. Uh, what, 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 what would you like? I'll get it. The award thing. Oh, the award. Yeah, I have that at home, actually. I do have that there. And all that will be down there in that museum. Um, and I sure will. I, oh, yeah, I do need to. Do need. You're a big part of that. I should. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's beautiful, and I'm sure it sounds beautiful, and it's it's just. They I have did a, a lighter good, feel. Pretty good paint job, didn't mm-hmm, I? Mm-hmm. Well, Roy worked on all his own guitars, too. Did uh, he? Yeah, Roy painted a white falcon black. <laughs> and, and he used a rubber mallet to sn- knock the neck off Man. and then reattached a Gibson neck because he liked the Gibson. So he I'll took, be darned. Yeah, he took a Gibson. I'm not sure. I can't think of it offhand, but a Gibson uh, something or other, whatever was popular, a big neck thing, probably something that Grady Martin played or something. Kind of a, yeah, and then he knocked the neck off and put it on a, uh, and this beautiful case. Look at the case. This is what I call the caramel case, because when they get old, they just they just get this. Well, in art terms, it's a patina. Yeah. It's the patina, and they just get it. Just these cases are amazing. And I saw it. There. I knew what it was. I would have guessed it was. <laughs> I was going to guess it was a fifty-seven, but uh, but fifty-four is 54. even better. What is the serial number uh, on it? The Can serial you... number is oh seven five eight. You know, uh, um, 
The guy in Pink Floyd has, uh, I think Roger Waters has number, or David Gilmour. David Gilmour has 0001. Wow. But it, that isn't actually the first one they made. They were just grabbing in the, in the box. So when you get a number like this down to 0758, you know, who knows how many were in the first box, but this was... This was coming from the same tree as the mm -hmm. first the first batch. Oh my God, the, so beautiful. Um, and what made you want to do this? What did it look like first? Well, it was just, I had a lot of scratches and okay. dings in it. You submerged in it yourself. Just, and it lasted pretty well. Yeah. I don't know what kind of paint you used to do that. Just a Maybe spray paint. Spray paint in the old days. I started off with red and, and put black around the edge. Well, that is a beautiful, beautiful guitar. Thank Back you when the before they started putting serial numbers on the mm -hmm. on the necks, mm -hmm. the guy that, um, that Leo Fender had making all these necks mm -hmm. just put his initials on them. Mm -hmm. And the original neck has got his, yes, got his initials careful. on Let me be very careful I think here. his name was Lopez or something. Yes, it is. Uh, that, I recognize that one. There's a couple of names that everybody loves on these. And boy, yeah, just the case is incredible and so what are the odds that you played that on a roy orbison song um how much you said you jumped over to the jazz master probably um probably used the jazz master but i, I, I did didn't you? always play electric on his things i did on pretty woman mm -hmm. but uh what I else made, did you play you played, played, acoustic? played acoustic or something mm -hmm. on some of them would they sometimes have you and two acoustics or would there always be just one acoustic would there be no there, there a lot of times there was two too, just to give Ray Anton and I played, uh, he played a Martin, I played a high string mm -hmm. on Stand By Your Man, on, uh, oh gosh, um, the... Um, Tammy Wynette's Stand By Your yeah, Man, you uh -huh. played on that too. Mm -hmm. That's also in the top three country songs of all time. <laughs> George Jones, did you play on any George Jones songs? I played on one, and um, the um, it was a Christmas album he was doing. And the song was, I saw mommy in her nightgown. She was dancing all around, dancing with old Santa Claus. And they said, play eight bars in there. And so I, I did. And I made a clinker right in the middle of it. And that was and in the three-track three days. Yeah. And I said, let me let me do that again. Now we'll have to get everybody to do it. You know, we couldn't punch me in. And so it's in there? And it's in there the forever. So every Christmas it comes back to haunt me. Because <laughs> I hit a clinker on a George mm -hmm. Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you play on Patsy Cline? Any Patsy Cline? Mm -hmm. Which ones are those? Her last session. Wow, wow. Her last tour was with Roy Orbison. She was opening for Roy Orbison in January and February. Uh, she died around March 3rd, 1963. I, I'm just guessing. Again, I think I'm pretty good on these things. But And Roy, January, February was with her, and then he had to go tour with the Beatles. But her last sessions. Uh, and her last song she recorded was I'll Sail My Ship Alone. I'll sail my ship alone. Wow, that's nice. 30 days later, she was dead. Mm-hmm. And those songs became her biggest, some of those became her biggest hits because they released them after she died and mm -hmm. she was blew up, blew up. Well, uh, I, I could do this all day long, of course, and thank you for the well, technical I I, information. I forgot a million things like... I know, I know. I hope there's some nothing... Some of Dolly's biggest hits, I can't even recall. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, is there anything I'm missing? I've talked about guitars a little. I've talked about... Um, a lot of little technical tricks and things and, and albums and 
Cinderella Studio. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you have a website. And, yes. And uh, what, what is that? Barefootjerry.com. Barefootjerry.com. And if you want to reach me, it's Wayne at barefootjerry.com. Okay, Wayne, you, you might get something from that. Wayne at barefootjerry.com. It's like putting your telephone number out there. Yeah, Be careful. Is. And um, you have Facebook? Yes. And do you have any of the other stuff? Nope. Well, be sure to look out on um, on YouTube and see what you can find on Wayne Moss. I uh, I was watching a documentary uh, about the outlaws. It's coming out soon. It hasn't come out yet. It's called, called something. What is it called? Does anyone know? Armadillos and... Um, yeah, it's something like that. It's called like outlaws. It's something. It's outlaws. outlaws and armadillos. My wife's a big part of that. She's hiding out in the mm -hmm. control room. And I, we were watching it, and, and, and there was a picture of RCA and all the way that you guys were back there. And I saw you in there, and I yelled out in the middle of a bunch of people who were there, pretty important. I went, there's Wayne Moss. <laughs> and then uh, Tony Brown was in the back. He said, is that Wayne Moss? We, had to, we all stopped and yeah. took a look at Wayne Moss. And I said, there's Wayne. He said, that's Wayne? And, uh, and I was proud that I was the one out of the... They made the documentary. They didn't even know. I said, there's Wayne Moss in the background right there. Um, are you in the Country Music Hall of Fame? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course you. What year did you get in? Oh, gosh, I don't know, but um, it was part of the Dylan Cash Nashville Cats series. But that, So that's not really that long ago. They were no, that late. In no, it in. ran for three years. So, so. Yeah, I know, but that's in the last five years. Yeah. yeah okay. And well, every single member of Eric Hood 615, which is my band, too, mm -hmm. was in the uh, Nashville Cats mm -hmm. uh, thing. So mm -hmm. Norbert Putnam and David Briggs and Charlie and everybody that, had their own little booth that you go into and mm -hmm. push the buttons and it would play da 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 for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, well, Roy gave the money to start the Country Music Hall of Fame in the early days. They went around; they needed money. Roy gave it was his money that started it. And in those days, uh, you might remember what it used to be. It was just it was kind of like the handprints in Hollywood yeah. at the Man Theater. It was handprints in cement and a little wall that said the Country Music Hall of Fame. Then at some point um, in the 80s, it became corporate, mm -hmm. and they wanted to locate, and they and they got rid of all those things, and I've been trying to find those. I said, where are those? There are millions of dollars of handprints of of all these original guys, and uh, and I've even asked if the, I said, do you guys have that in the vault down here or something? Why don't you make an, they said, we, we don't know anything about that. Oh, man. So, so some of the fans, or someone has these handprints. They've got Roy's handprints, they got every, so Roy was in the Country Musical Fame, and then he wasn't. And I think the important one to get now is, uh, while he's alive, Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm -hmm. He had a country career now, longer than he had a, a rock and roll career. And, um, and he's not in there. So I'm try I'm, his family's trying to get him in there. I think he needs to be in while he's alive. And then we're going to have to do a whole campaign and work with them to get Roy in there. And it uh, shouldn't be too hard. My mom was working on that at the time she died. And we're going to do that. But I'm glad you're in there. Are you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Not yet. Well, I need, are you, is that in the works? Are you talking to people? No, I don't know anything about it. I just, um, okay, well, I'm, I, that's a new, that's a new thing I'll, I'll try to help push along too. Right. One way or the other, we know people, and next time I'm up there talking to someone, we'll, 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 we'll start to suggest, Bless your heart. um, suggest that. That, that needs to happen too. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for this great honor. Let me shake that hand of a million <laughs> riffs. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Wayne. This uh, has been you, a buddy. real I'm treat. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's going to be fun. God bless. Uh, this was Rock and Roll Circus podcast, uh, Wayne Moss. Uh, check out some of the other ones and check out his stuff. Thank you. Bless your heart.
Thank you.